Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Fellow Falcoholics, what is up? Welcome to the Falcons vs. Jaguars Week 4 postgame show here on the Falcoholic Live. I'm your host, Kevin Knight. At Falcohol Kevin, joined by two excellent co-hosts today. First of all, you see him, Adnan Ikic, at Say Which Way. Adnan, I know you got a lot of takes to get to. We'll, I'll, I'll make sure to tee up early in this one. But before we do, I want to check in and see how you're handling another uh, disappointing game here. I've had better mornings. Yeah. Like, I'm I'm okay with 2-2 two and two going into the season on the macro. We're like, all right, you know what, 2-2 two and two would be fine. Which, you know, from a season-long perspective, Two and two is fine if you look at just the pure record. Um, however, the way this team has looked the past couple of weeks on offense, I've I've had better mornings. And <laughs> you know what? Like, it doesn't help that they did this. Uh, that I that I was like shaking in anger at 10 a.m. on a Sunday <laughs> yeah, morning. Like, I, I don't know how you West Coasters do this stuff. Oh, I, I would much rather. It, it's fine if it's like 2 p.m. and you know I can like you know maybe crack open like a soda or something and i can just like calm down a little bit right but right. it's like, man, this this is too much like wa- watching desmond Ritter throw <laughs> you know fucking ducks and pick sixes at 10 a.m like nobody yeah. should have to go through that but yeah yeah to answer, yeah. Question, to answer your question i've had better mornings yeah I, I think we all have uh that's that's the bad thing about these london games is it has the potential to set you up for a bad whole day instead of just a bad afternoon but to join us in processing uh this disaster we also have alan sterk he is at of course alan sterk on twitter alan welcome back uh how are you holding up so far i like how health conscious adnan is no soda in the morning he waits yeah two o'clock yes you hear that america wait till two o'clock to drink soda. <laughs> I just I just had like my coffee in the morning, but it's like you know what I it's it's not the it doesn't have that fizzy kick that you know that I like yeah. while while watching the football. I'm I'm not a huge. I know people think that I'm like addicted to soda here. I only like watch it once in a, or have it once in a while. But yeah, yeah. like uh, will also rinse your mouth mouth out after you like have some because it's it's, it's not good for cavities. Bad for your teeth. Yeah, yeah. But sure. I'm just trying to. Oh man, 13 points <laughs> the last two weeks, two single digit. Florence is like just given all the expectations with this offense just yeah. to have two single digit scoring games is just it's very difficult to comprehend and yeah it's it's it say it was tough to get through there's there's a lot to unpack and and you know as much as as much as i love to be glowing about how the falcons have for the first time since 2017 a legit respectable defense that actually yeah. plays well organized football which I will probably get to in about yes. maybe 45 minutes after we bring up the offense. Yes, yeah. It's just, man, where do we even begin with the offense? Oh, uh, yeah, well, I got, I got, I'm going to tee up Adnan here because he's been waiting for this Ritter rant, I think, all all morning. This was the only thing that kept him going through the game, I think. But before we do, because uh, I don't know how long this rant's going to be, uh, I'm going to go ahead and get to our first sponsor, betonline.ag. It's like 20 minutes yeah. later, he's like, you know, it's like you're SpongeBob. Teasing, you roll out the, roll out like the scroll. Like, yeah. you know, you're teasing this as if, like, you and Alan can go, like, get a bite to eat, like, in the meantime. <laughs> yeah, where it's going to take off. Yeah, it's just, it's just odd. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, you got, it's like the SpongeBob meme. You just like roll out the scroll and just like keeps going forever. <laughs> and another thing. Yes, and one more. But before we get to that, uh, however long it might be, we'll go ahead and shout out our sponsor, BetOnline.ag. Guys, football is back uh, for better or worse for the Falcons, I guess. Uh, and BetOnline is your number one information source for all your sports wagering info. 
with all the up-to-the-minute stats, news scores, and matchup breakdowns you need. You can get the latest game odds, spreads, and totals from the NFL and college football at your fingertips with BetOnline's real-time updates on statistics, news, and odds. From week one all the way to the college football playoff and Super Bowl, BetOnline gives you access to the best football promotions and contests available anywhere online. Maybe you want to drown your sorrows on betting on something other than the Falcons. Uh, we'll get we'll get to to my prize picks uh, later in the show, but you know it this seems a little bit of a sweaty uh, a sweaty bet right now. So I wouldn't blame you for wanting to go elsewhere. But no matter where you decide to go, guys, make sure you head to that website betonline.ag today or use your mobile device to get in on the action. Just remember to use our promo code believe. That's B L E A V to receive your fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. All right. Adnan, I promised to tee up. Uh, I didn't. I don't want to put unrealistic expectations, but you know, say what you need to say, and we'll we'll call it. You know, we'll call it fair. Okay. Um, the defense is really good. Like the defense today was so. Other than one bad play where Richie Grant missed the sack, which I'm upset at Richie Grant for, and where it was like a bit of a blown coverage. I think it was by Jesse Bates, where Calvin Ridley got behind him. I don't know if it was Bates or Terrell. It may have been Bates. Um. The defense was so good, like today. The defense held Trevor Lawrence to 207 passing yards, and they held the Jaguars to 3.3 yards per carry. Like, they were getting timely sacks. They got a fourth down sack. They were getting third down. Like, the defense was getting pressure. It was it was really, you know, it was excellent. Jesse Bates even forced a pick, which we were just unfortunate not to, like, jump on. The defense played so well, and that is that's where my frustration probably most stems. If this team right now was at 0-4 the way it was, you know, in 2019 and 2020, we'd throw our hands up. We'd say it's draft season, and we'd be like, all right, like, let's start let's start scouting. Like, this team isn't good enough to do anything. The defense was very bad. You know, the weapons really weren't there. This team was really devoid of talent back then. The issue for me is this defense is, is good enough to win you a division, and I think it will. I think we will win this division behind the defense and run game. Uh, I, I'm still I'm still on that 10 win train. Bijan Robinson looks every single bit the player that you took. Bijan Robinson looks like a steal at eight right now. Like Bijan Robinson looks like he should have been one of the top three players taken in the draft. He had another 105 rushing yards today. I think he got more yards than everyone but Jonu Smith, and or more yards than everyone on the team combined up until John Smith got some of those, like, you know, got those last two catches. The issue with this team is obviously the quarterback. And I'm, I'm making my call right now that this team, this team should pull Desmond Ritter at this point. Like genuinely I'm, I get it. He is eight games into, you know, his career. At some point you have to see some legitimate growth. Like, we are not seeing any actual growth from Desmond Ritter right now. He This was the worst game he's played all season. Last The last two weeks have been the two worst games he's played all season. And people will bring up, oh, but the passer rating. The passer rating was pretty bad. <laughs> oh, but, you know, he's, hold, he's not turning the ball over. Desmond Ritter leads the league in turnover-worthy throws. The only thing is Desmond Ritter is getting incredibly lucky to not have five more interceptions. There was another interception drop today on what should have been a deep pass to Matt Collins, which probably could have gone for a touchdown, which was severely underthrown. He threw a pick six in this game. He got strip sacked in this game to end the game, even though that was like garbage time. 
he threw another interception. He had two turnover-worthy interceptions last game. He had two turn or two drop picks last game. He had two drop picks against the Packers. I'm not even going to call Ritter a game manager at this point because a game manager holds on. A game manager takes care of the ball. He's below a game manager. He is on Zach Wilson, like 30th best starting quarterback level this season. And I'm going to say that confidently. I think the two worst starting quarterbacks in the NFL, not counting backups, are Ritter is 31st, Wilson is 32nd. Like he has been very bad. And I came into this season saying, you know what? I saw it in camp. I emphasized it in camp. He's not throwing the ball deep. He's not throwing the ball. It's just dink and dunk. It's a five-yard flat every single time. And people came after me saying, oh, no, like you're nitpicking. Oh, no, they're like, they're just saving the playbook. Oh, they're going to be able to throw it deep when they have to. None of that shit works like that. You don't just turn on a switch in the regular season without practicing it. And it's like, all right, we can just throw it deep now. This isn't a game of Madden. You have to practice that shit. Like Taylor Heineke at the very least was forcing the issue. He was at least, you know, throwing. Kevin, you saw it. Like yeah, you, yeah. you had camp. Like Heineke it didn't was, always work, but he did throw deep more work, often. At least yeah. he was giving his receivers a chance. Like genuinely, like Ritter looks terrified out there. When a blitz comes, he looks like he looks like a deer in headlights. We saw it throughout the entire first first half. Not only would the blitz come, and I get it. It's not just him. Like I'm not here saying all right, like the entire, like all of our problems is just Desmond Ritter. I'm not saying that. I'm saying he's the biggest problem. Play calling was an issue. Offensive line is still an issue. But the thing is, like you are out there and you have a player that cannot elevate anyone else on the field with him. You you are out there. You have a player that cannot mask any of them. We saw Matt Ryan for, for years. He had, you know, for in 2013, he made – Harry Douglas into, into a thousand yard receiver in 2013. He had a wor- a much worse O line than we have right now, a much yeah. worse offensive yeah. line, yeah. but he still masked it. And in 2014, you have a player that is out there. That's just, that just can't really do anything unless the circumstances are exactly in his favor. And the circumstances won't be exactly in your favor. Every time, not every team is the 49ers. Sometimes you just have to, go out there and look for your quarterback to make a play. And he was fine. He was really good on third downs. Like, I'm I'm, I'm going to give him that. Like, he was perfect on third downs. Although, like, a lot of that was playing from behind. And, you know, a couple of those third downs were when the game was kind of out of hand. And he had a really good throw to Drake London on that touchdown pass. I, I really like that. But you have top 10 weapons on this team, which are going to absolute waste. This defense is going to waste. This team, I genuinely, I'm, I'm on record. This team is going to win ten games this year. I, I, I'm still on that ten game, uh, on that ten game train. I'm still on that ten game prediction. What I'm scared of, what I'm very worried about, is this team wins ten games. They make the playoffs, and maybe they even win a playoff game behind Bijan Robinson in the defense, depending on who they play. It, it's all a matchup thing. They're going to get crushed by either the Cowboys, 49ers, or Eagles. I think we all agree with that. Yeah. My yeah. my worry, my worry is Arthur Smith, and it's because of this very easy schedule too. Like they're going to win ten games because of this very easy schedule. My worry is that Arthur Smith is going to see that and be like, "All right, our quarterback won us ten games last year. He's the guy. We're, we're moving forward with Desmond Ritter. Taylor Heineke can win you eleven games this year. Like it, we're not going to win ten games because of Desmond Ritter. We're going to win ten games despite Desmond Ritter this year. And it's one of those things where 
to Arthur Smith and to the Falcons fans who are like very huge Desmond Ritter stands who are still in my Twitter mentions. Why? Like, I, I don't under, like, just because he's the starting quarterback of this franchise does not mean that you have to outright, like, love him unconditionally. Desmond Ritter is not your wife. You are not married to Desmond Ritter. Like, you do not have to completely, like, gloss over his faults and say, oh, but the offensive line, but the coaching. Yes, all of that is an issue. Like, definitely, 100%. But you can you can objectively look at this and say, we have an issue and our starting quarterback is not a good enough starter in the NFL, which he's not. And we need to probably find someone better. We have to find an upgrade. Maybe an upgrade is on this team. Maybe, maybe Heineke's not it. Like genuinely, maybe he's not. We've seen, we've seen what Heineke is. Yeah. He's not it, but he's, he's about a 500 quarterback. Yeah. But you know, you know, he's, he's, not serviceable. Like he, yeah. he's a serviceable quarterback. Like long-term, he's not it. I'm saying long-term I want to find like, I've been saying it all camp. I want to, even if we win the division, I want to keep looking for that franchise quarterback. I don't think Ritter will ever be a franchise quarterback in this league. And I said it before, if he gets to Alex Smith with the Chiefs levels, I will be thrilled because that's that's a serviceable game-managing quarterback. I don't think, I think that's his absolute ceiling. And I think, I don't think that that's good enough to ultimately win you a Super Bowl as the Chiefs saw themselves, which is why they replaced him with Mahomes. But like sometimes you just have to like realize that this guy isn't it. And you know, that's, that's what the 49ers did. The 49ers had way more, like, way more justification to stick with Trey Lance than the Falcons do to stick with Desmond Ritter because they invested like the entire farm in Lance. And even then they saw that Lance isn't it. And they moved on to the next guy. And now, now they're, they're fine. Like w- with Brock Purdy, they're much better with Purdy. But sometimes you have to realize your sunk cost fallacy and you have to realize that, hey, maybe we probably shouldn't have completely invested our entire franchise this year in this guy. And maybe we shouldn't have treated him like an all pro to where, you know, he only gets one preseason drive. And, you know, maybe we shouldn't have just given him this starting job with absolutely zero competition and announced it like right from the start. Oh, there's not going to be a competition. This is always going to be Ritter's team. Like maybe this is all stuff that I was complaining about for months leading up to now. And you know what? Now, now we're seeing it. Now we're paying for it. And it's like, this is literally like, this is the bed that we made. This is the bed that Arthur Smith made. And yeah, we're two and two again. We're good. I think we're going to win 10 games, but I think we're going to win 10 games despite this quarterback. And I think, I think it will be a severe mistake. And I think it's going to set this franchise back if they go into next year again, saying, yeah, Desmond Ritter is the guy 100%. We're, we're going to roll with him, and he's our franchise guy. This guy will never be a franchise guy. I'm sorry. That's, I, that's it. If it's, if it's playing, if he's playing anything like this, if they decide to stick with him, like there's, I mean, there's no justification for that because you can't play like this for more than a week or two in the NFL and keep your starting job, unless you're the Jets with Zach Wilson, which the Jets have Marcus even fewer Mariota excuses. Did. Marcus <laughs> well, Mariota did last year, and they did not pull him. Like, yeah, that, that was a I'm, big mistake. Yeah, our, like, our, our, I don't think Mariota was turning it over as much. No, especially Mariota in the first six games wasn't. Yeah, he terrible. Wasn't. But he wasn't a liability. no, but he after that, he it. became a liability. Yeah, but yeah, yeah I mean, it, yeah, and I definitely want to get your take too, Alan. Um, but Arthur uh, Smith got that wrong, by the way, for not benching. Oh yeah. Mariota. Oh yeah. Yes. He definitely got that, and that's what I'm saying. I just want to say one more thing. Yeah, yeah. Where would we be right now if those dropped interceptions weren't dropped interceptions? Right. Where, what would our opinion? 
what would the general consensus of opinion be right now? And those are throws that Ritter made. Like those throws were at, were like out of his hands. Where would we be right now if he wasn't lucky enough to have five interceptions dropped? One of them a pick six against the Packers. Like what? What, what would we be saying right now if he has five more picks on the season, which he deserved? <laughs> he would be benched if he had five more picks. How many picks would that be? Like eight. Taylor Heineke <laughs> trending globally. Oh not yeah, just if he, in, if, uh, like, if any Taylor quarterback, right yeah, team. if any quarterback has eight interceptions through four games, he's benched without question. Like the, like as much as I've been preaching patience with Ritter, like if you are catastrophic, teams are going to yoink you because they they can't put that on the field. Like so, you guys have heard me preach patience with Ritter because I think young quarterbacks deserve patience, but that. You can't be patient if someone is actually catastrophic, like to the point where your offense isn't functional. Um, and Ritter's right approaching that. Yes, he's very much yeah. approaching that. And the only thing that kept this game from being that was the second half where things did improve, but not enough for them to even get back in the game because of, I mean, they're too far down. It's like, you know, because of that pick six, if not for that pick six, I think this team is in this game until the very end. But like, you, this is... Desmond Ritter's not playing well at all. Like, like what Adnan said is absolutely true. He's the 31st out of 32 quarterbacks at this stage. And that's not going to work. Like, I think the what we were sort of expecting was not great play for Ritter at this stage, but maybe more like 25th best quarterback, not 31st. Um, and I think if he's the 25th best quarterback, this team is probably 3-1, and one, right? Like, so at this stage, this is completely unacceptable. And to be clear, like, I've never said you can't criticize Ritter. I think people are misunderstanding what I'm saying. We should be patient with, like, you can't criticize him. Like, you can criticize anyone you want. You could say he's not playing well enough, and that's all 100% true. But saying that, oh, well, we, didn't, we need to give up immediately, like, that, that's just not something that teams typically do. But again, I will say, if you're catastrophically bad to where you're tanking the entire team with your turnovers, and turnovers are typically the thing, that gets you off the, out of the lineup sooner than later, then that is an exception because it, part of the problem is, and Alan, I, I swear I'll give you a chance to speak here in a second. <laughs> Bruce, give your it's important you, get your you know you're the host. We want to hear you. <laughs> but you can't, you can't have this level of play from a starting quarterback. It's just not going to work. That doesn't mean you have to yoink him permanently. And that's, that's what I was calling for today was like, maybe, you need to put in Heineke the second half so Ritter doesn't get his confidence completely shot. Because if this game continued on like it did in the first half, then it's like, well, I mean, what does this guy even do now? Like, he's he's going to have ruined his reputation and his stats to the point where, you know, basically everyone who wasn't out on him would be out on him. Now, thankfully, I think Arthur Smith actually made the right decision by leaving him in and letting him rebound, which he did. It just wasn't enough. Um, but the clock is ticked. The clock skipped ahead about five hours you know if midnight is when the, there's a quarterback change we shot from like 1 a.m to like 10 10 a.m like now like we're we're like much we jumped ahead you know several hours on the clock to where you know th these types of games will, will push that clock forward but you guys do have to remember what alan brought up like they didn't bench Mariota until week 14 and we'd seen about six catastrophic games from Mariota where he was clearly holding the offense back from even being competitive and they didn't make a change and they should have because the biggest issue here is that we needed to let Ritter have his growing pains because he was not that talented of a quarterback where he wasn't going to have growing pains I, I think 
I tried to make that clear to people. Like, it's probably going to be rough at the beginning and all this. But he should have had his growing pains last year. Like, week 10 on, let Ritter take his growing pains in a season where you're not really expecting to do anything, where you're dealing with a lot of dead cap. Let him get used to the NFL. Let him do these things. Let him get, you know, eight, ten starts under his belt. And that's where Yes, we were. After that Panthers Thursday night game, we said, all right, you have an extra three days to incorporate him in the office, like offense. Put him in. We have to see what we've got. We have to see what what we've got in like a game set. Practice isn't enough. Camp isn't enough. You have to like see like joint fucking practices are not enough. I can't (laughs) believe a joint practice against Miami make their decision for them that all right this is enough like we're we're not going to play anyone in the preseason i'm still so baffled about not playing him at all in the preseason other than one oh drive. yeah no i mean you you're know, well on record for that justified yeah. in in that like in, in those opinions because he needed to play in the fucking preseason like he needed to play in the preseason but you know what we'll just treat him like a 10-year vet and just like <laughs> yeah you know just let him chill on the sideline well, it's the whole picture is weird because they don't give him enough games last year. Like, if you really wanted him to be your future, why wasn't he playing? Like, was it this belief that I mean, we still haven't figured it out. Was it this belief that they thought they could make the playoffs? I genuinely Mario, think it's like, because they weren't mathematically eliminated from the division, and yeah, I the division it up being awful. Show. Yep, I, I brought it up on the shows last year. They are letting outside circumstances dictate their decisions, which is something that's that's a sign of a bad coach, really. Like I, I like Art. Like I genuinely think Arthur Smith is a fine coach, and I've defended him nonstop for for these last couple of years. But you cannot justify outside scenarios of oh, the Bucks are just bad, so we have this mathematical chance to completely dictate what you as a franchise does. Yeah, and, and I, I genuinely I, think that the reason why they kept Ritter on the bench is because all right, we're rolling with the veteran Mariota because he gives us a better chance of winning this division. What the fuck would you have done if you won the division anyway? <laughs> right. Like, like a dog chasing cars, you know, what would we do if we actually caught it? You know, like nothing, like nothing, like you just would have gotten waxed, but no, you're exactly right. And like, that was obviously a huge mistake. And we called it out last year too. Like if you are this confident and Ritter that you want him to be your starter, he should have been playing last year. And I think we saw at the end of the season that Ritter was giving them a better chance to win games than Mariota last year. Uh, at the end of the season, because Mariota was completely shot. Like he didn't start out bad, but he by the time we got to when he got benched, it was catastrophic. So you didn't give Ritter the experience last year. Now instead, you're letting him take his lumps in a season where there are actual serious playoff expectations, and that is the biggest issue here because fans aren't going to be patient this year like last year was the patient year right like last year was the opportunity for them to ease Ritter in let him take his lumps and lose in a season where they had like 80 million in dead cap and everyone I think that was reasonable you know and if you were hoping for the Falcons to go to the playoffs last year that's cool it's not necessarily unreasonable given the division but like that was the year but instead now you're having Ritter take his lumps in a season where you actually do have the pieces to make the playoffs. And the defense ha- went from being the one of the least talented, if not the least talented defense in the league last year, to being what looks like a legitimate top 10 defense overnight. And now you're squandering that with a quarterback that you should have gotten this this type of... Like, I do still believe Ritter's going to get better and his clock's going to get faster because when he starts no to get... worse. There's yes, no exactly. exactly. Better. Like, the floor is on the floor right now. Yeah, so like... That should have happened last year. It should have happened in the preseason, in training camp, all this stuff, like you said, Adnan. 
and we talked about it last year. Instead, now you're you're dealing with these bumps in the road now, and it's costing you games in a season where you actually should be winning games. And I think that is the biggest mistake of all, is fans have expectations, rightly so, based on the moves, the roster, the fact that we're not up to our eyeballs and dead cap from Thomas Dimitrov. Thomas Dimitrov's no longer to blame. There's no more blame you can put on Dimitrov for this roster. This is now 100% Arthur Smith and Terry Fontenot's baby. There's no more dead cap, except, you know, there's Deion Jones, but they had to restructure him. I mean, it's complicated. But, like, at this point, they're now blowing games because Ritter isn't ready to play. And they had a lot of opportunities starting last year into training camp and the preseason, which Anand has pointed out many times, to get him more reps. And they chose not to do that because they had this confidence in him. Confidence that I think was... Not necessarily misplaced, because I'm still not going to just completely jump off the ship. We're only four, four games and we're two and two. Mathematically speaking, the Falcons are absolutely fine. But this should have happened not during the regular season. Like, this should have happened last year. This should have happened in the summer. Instead, we're having Ritter get used to the NFL game in games that count. And the fan base is rightly pissed off about it. Um, but, Alan... Now, please, give us your takes now that we're 30 minutes into the show. Jesus. Yeah. I also want to like, get more exclusively into the game. But I just will say, yeah, when you look at last year, you really only had two NFL games. Like, I don't want to write – I know it might sound a little disrespectful, but you look at the Cardinals, they weren't an NFL team last year. That Bucks defense, it was second string. They had a playoff game to be ready for. And then there's all the two games were in very hostile environments going against New Orleans and Baltimore, two very good defenses. So it's just the fact that those were his four games. It was just there was not much of a sample size where you could definitively say he's our unquestioned star going to year. So I think that's one of the biggest malpractices when it comes to you know Arthur Smith's tenure. But the actual game itself, Thay, which you know, let's yeah, we can transition away that. from yeah, because we, we can go like on. Nice and I'm sure we'll of what's going yeah, on. yeah, yeah. I'm sure we'll, you guys are, we'll get you back guys to have it been totally on point. Like I have nothing to dispute. You guys, you guys have given excellent analysis on that. But I just think the most concerning thing with Ritter. It's just staring down the receivers. And, like, he improved in the second half. He actually uh, – a couple of throws, like, I think Jonu Smith, where he actually used his eyes to get the defenders off balance. But, like, you look at the throw to London, the interception, it was so telegraphed. And I think he had Pruitt open on the flat because it was a slant, slant flat concept. But that was telegraphed. The, the Pitts second interception where Pitts where he just looked up the scene. Like, the Falcons are not – producing much off play action right now. And that is hugely concerning because yeah. when you look at what Arthur Smith did with Ryan Tannehill in Tennessee, a lot of their success came off play action. You saw those inside dig routes, you know, getting yards after catch with the likes of A.J. Brown and Corey Davis and even John Smith, which we're still seeing a little bit now. But, like, the fact that they're not efficient at all on play action and just these throws are just – they're just getting telegraphed. And you just know when the ball's coming out, it doesn't look right. And I just feel like anytime Ritter has to like adjust in the pocket, more times than not, he's either gonna take a sack, he's gonna put his back towards the defense, which is one of the worst things you could do as a quarterback. Like you do not want to just show your back like that. Even if you're you know, unless you're like an athletic specimen like Lamar Jackson, you get away with it fine, but Ritter is not overly athletic. But it's just the way these passes are getting telegraphed, it's just there's no rhythm. And the second half was encouraging. I think the second half does give him some leeway going to next week. Like, I don't think he should be benched yet, but it's got to be a short leash because that, that first half, they just, they were incapable was, of doing anything. Yeah. Even the check down the Bijan, like, yeah. he's trying to make a. Oh, he's going to make a one-handed catch. Yeah. 
I mean, River yeah, was like, completely shook. He was completely shook. Yeah. It was all. I mean, and it, it was. And I think in the last last week's game, you could say like that Detroit Stadium. That was a hard place to play. Detroit fans were fired up. It was loud as hell. It's a tough place mm-hmm. to go. It was not loud in London. It was like it was pretty calm. There was a lot much of like Falcons fans. There were. There yeah. Of, shout out to Falcons Nation. The yeah, people yeah. who traveled over there to our European like fans like over there our our British fans over there. You know, shout out to our guy, Andy Gallagher, you know, special shout out for one. But yeah, like shout out to the Falcons fans. Like, I'm sorry that you guys had to fucking sit through that. Yeah. Yeah. That uh, at least you get to go watch NFL football, which you don't get to do a ton over there. But, uh, you know, Falcons defense played well. You got to see the Falcons defense. You know, hey. Yeah, that's true. But the fact that also I think another thing that's got to be very concerning is this as at best a mediocre Jaguars defense. Now, granted, they played yeah. a hell of a game. I thought their secondary was flying to the ball, made some really savvy plays. Josh Allen's turning it up on his contract year, but this isn't a good Jaguars defense. And just to look that incapable. And look, second half, I think, it gives them some leeway. Like I said, I think he, he, he's not going to be benched yet. But if you have another first half like that where you're just incapable of moving the ball, you know, you have three turnovers. And we even mentioned it. Matt Collins justifiably just Oh, livid. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and we I should talk about that too. Yeah, yeah. I know as a veteran, maybe you shouldn't react like that, but when your offense looks that, just you had a touchdown. Like yeah. it was a touchdown. Lewis yeah. Rick oh, was living. Lewis Rick mentioned it four times. Oh yeah, no, I mean that is that is the most concerning thing is that when you see stuff like that. Yes, like it's just one thing on the sidelines. Maybe it's no big deal. Don't read too much into it. Whatever. But like that was the first public sign that the locker room might be turning and there's we don't know like we're not there we're not trying to make any grand statements off of one clip on the sideline that's that's too much but like that has been the first crack in the armor so far that we've seen and maybe it's nothing but like uh, also the other thing is not not just the matt collins like and that video is going very viral right (laughs) also like you look at you look at that sideline you look at kyle pitts you look at drake london those guys look dejected right now like those guys on the sideline look like they, I, I I don't know like I, I don't want to speak for them or anything, but it doesn't look good for the Falcons. It, it looks like an offense that just looks broken right now. Like it's just like and the attitude is just like one of, you know, sort of a bit of hopelessness. Yeah. How Pitts in particular, his body language just couldn't look more down right now. Like yeah, and weak against the coaching, but. And look, if it if it was a touchdown, I'm sure we would have praised the throw and you know Drake London also making contested catches. But that fourth down play call, not good enough, man. The sprint right is always dangerous, especially with the game on the line, essentially. And you have Pitts as a blocker. Like, look, I know we could talk all about Kyle Pitts' usage, and that's such a tired kind. You know, we're we're avoiding fancy conversations, but it's just the fact that he's like reduced to like being just a guy up the seam at this point. Like, that's really it. Like how Pitts, yes. uh, the catch yeah. he made this year, up the scene, maybe a couple out routes outside the Carolina play. Like he's just a routine tight end at this point. And it's like, not even that. He's, he's not, not even being used like that. Yeah. Like, yeah. and like my biggest criticism is like, you look at how the Jags use Evan Ingram. He's oh, getting yeah. these, he's getting these short routes. He's getting these sideline curls. He's getting these outs. Like, let him use his, his speed. Yeah. And like, conversion was so where is that? Speed. Yeah. Where is that for Kyle Pitts? Like, yeah. why is that not Evan Ingram? Like is smaller and less athletic than Kyle Pitts. 
and the Jaguars are drawing up their offense for Evan Ingram, and we we haven't seen that at all. We're doing that with Johnny Smith instead. I mean, to be fair to Johnny Smith, he was doing a hell of a job. So, (laughs) but like, why are the hell of a game? But it's yeah, yeah, on Kyle Pitts. Yeah, like why? Like Kyle Pitts should be getting those plays too. Like you got two tight ends that can both do that. Like I just how they're using Kyle Pitts is definitely something you should criticize his team for because like. Yeah, he's getting targeted, but like he shouldn't just be a deep threat. Like, he, why aren't you using this guy like an elite tight end? Like, get him, the, like get him those Kelsey routes. Let him work the middle. Let him get those short routes and run the and get part. And the problem is, we know why they're not getting him those easy routes. It's because Ritter's not processing quick enough to get those balls out anyway. Like those short timing routes like that that are perfect for those tight ends. Like Ritter's not hitting those. He's not processing quick enough to hit that stuff. But he has to because you can't run an efficient offense without being able like. The deep ball game is not good enough because Ritter hasn't been hitting them as effectively and the offensive line is not holding up in pass pro. So the deep game is going to be a struggle until the offensive line improves. Then that means you have to shift more to the short and intermediate passing game. The intermediate game has been the one thing that they've been able to do. Like that part of the offense has worked for the most part. The short game is just not there. Like, like where's the slants? Like where's the easy quick hitters like that it's like this team either goes for the big play they get an intermediate pass or it's a sack like the, those short routes like Ritter just doesn't seem to have the touch and the decisiveness to hit that stuff and that that's the routes that should be helping him get into rhythm and if he can't do that short stuff at a high level it's gonna be really difficult I mean that was really Cam Newton's kryptonite in the passing game was that he had no touch on those short routes that's what was really limiting him as a passer obviously Cam Newton was an elite deep passer and had a lot of other things going for him that made him a really good quarterback but Ritter doesn't have all those things so Ritter can't afford to not be on time and hitting those short passes and those quick hitters especially when the offensive line's playing poorly so they've got to figure out a way to get Ritter's clock going faster because right now that's the biggest issue yeah it's just frustrating, and like I said, I if we were zero and four, I'd be like whatever at this point because <laughs> yeah. you know I, I'd be calling for Caleb Williams genuinely, but you know oh, we're yeah. not going to yeah. win that sweepstakes. Yeah. Like this sort of reminds me a little bit of twenty seventeen, where you know the offensive line, like or not the offensive, the offense looks very like bad. Like the the twenty seventeen offense under like Sarkeesian's first year was not good and the defense is top 10 and the defense is carrying you and I just remember how frustrating that season was except like at the very least with that season you knew that Matt Ryan could really like get it done in the playoffs for you and you know you knew you had that veteran offense that has had like playoff pedigree and that has had and you know they did that they did get it done against the Rams they should have gotten it done against the Eagles but you know Keanu Neal's knee got in the way but like this isn't that this feels almost like even much worse because it's like you know that like how confident like show of hands how confident are is anyone in Desmond Ritter making a playoff start right now? <laughs> I mean, right now there's no confidence I wouldn't think from anyone, including myself. Like he has to get better. There's no other ifs, ands, or buts about it. Like yes, I'm saying be patient, but like he still has to get better. Like me saying be patient on Ritter doesn't mean that he's without reproach. Like, and that you can't criticize him. Like, he deserves a lot of criticism. And like I said, I, the biggest issue to me, I mean, you guys can weigh in too. Like, the clock is not ticking fast enough. In the second half, when he was on time and was able to actually read the field, you saw he, he made some decent reads. Like, he was able to even look off a couple linebackers. He started to get a little bit more comfortable. But like, in that first half, he was, his, his clock was behind 
and it led to disastrous results. And he has to speed it up. Like, and and maybe you have to speed it up, and you have to have more touch in the short game because, again, like. Bijan had to make magic on that one-handed catch to get anything out of that play. And then he completely missed Algier on another dump off. Like you have to be able to hit those throws. Like those are the, the layup throws. You have to hit those. And that doesn't even get into the deep ball where I think he had several misses. Um, the most egregious obviously being that Mac Collins one, but I think that Drake London one that London had a chance at, it wasn't a catastrophic throw, but I think if that needs to be, he needs to lead Drake a little bit more down the field. So he doesn't have to stop and come back to the ball. Um, so it's nothing other than, I think the intermediate passing game is the one part where Ritter's typically had success, but even that, it's dangerous business because he's not reading the defense well. So he, a lot of times he's getting that ball in there and it's and it's perfect placement sometimes and, and he gets the completion, but like, because he's not seeing all the defenders in the way of that throw, those are going to start turning into more and more interceptions. I think we're seeing now that that turnover luck is run out, like and it was going to happen soon. I, I, we were it was trying to warn people. Run out. Yeah. This is the NFL. There's always going to be a regression. You cannot just keep throwing the ball at other defenders and just expecting them to keep dropping the ball. It hasn't even like it. We haven't even seen the full regression yet. Like when the full regression happens, it's going to be nasty. Yeah. Like this, this is bad. There, like I said, there's another clear interception that was dropped today. There was another two clear interceptions that were dropped last week defenses are going to stop dropping these picks eventually and then we're we're really going to see how bad it can get <laughs> yeah it, it can get quite dark so let me get to some of these donations because they're piling up and i want to make sure i get to these guys in case anyone has to leave um we got george stands with the two dollars thank you george he says hey adnan at least we got the braves just need akuna to get one more steal to break the record uh, <laughs> uh he <laughs> so broke nice. the braves one last night Oh, he did? Like, Good. I, I broke the franchise record last night. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think he was saying Otis Nixon's record. Which yeah, I, I think that's I think that's the one. I, so that either, already happened. Cool. I think he broke it last night. Okay. It's yeah, close, I mean, it sounds like, either way. So that's that's cool. If he didn't break it, he tied it. But I think he broke it last night. Maybe someone in the chat can, like, yeah. confirm. He says, uh, also, uh, the Braves will probably outscore the Falcons today. And I think he's probably right about that. But I mean, you know. should. It's like... Seven <laughs> right. yeah, yeah, they could do it. They could do it. We got Ray Moon with the two dollars. Thank you, Ray. He says better quarterback play. We're probably four and zero right now. Uh, the wide receivers are getting open. Yeah, uh, no, no argument there. We got uh, George stands with another two dollars. He says for bet online, my <laughs> we should always bet the under on Ritter's passing stats. Well, that's getting harder because his like unders are like in the one hundreds now. That, I think they're like in the one nineties. Yeah. yeah. Wilson territory. Yeah, yeah. So uh or the under for everything, Ritter. Yeah. yeah Third and nineteen. The, yeah, yeah, that's know, that's yeah. the bet online cheat code. Yeah. Under on go. passing yards, under on passing touchdowns, Falcons under on points. You know, <laughs> Bijan Robinson my... over receiving yards, however. That one has been rock solid. Don't do under so. rushing yards. Yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll also be on Robinson over on catches because they're gonna keep yeah, dumping yeah. it off on third Oh, downs. Yeah, he's getting so much work there. Uh then we got Michael Scott with the $5. Thanks, Mike. He says, uh -huh. Jesse Bates deserves better. That is all. Yeah, no argument here. That de The defense deserves better. And speaking of defense, we got George Costanza with another $2 saying, the defense is great. Bijan is an amazing player, well worthy of the eighth overall pick. I worry that Caleb Williams wouldn't do anything for this team because of the poor pass protection. This draft is going to be deep as hell at quarterback. Draft for the trenches. Ritter sucks. Yes. <laughs> I just, here's the thing. Like, the pass protection isn't good. But... I feel like Desmond Ritter is making it look worse than it actually he is. is. Yeah. Agreed. Like, I feel like with a 
with a more aware quarterback, we wouldn't be harping on the offensive line this much because it plays hand in hand. Like the offensive line has to protect the quarterback and the protect and the quarterback has to sort of help the offensive line a bit. I feel like half the sacks that he suffered last week against the Lions were because he held on to the ball too too long. And then this week it's just like all the other team has to do is send a blitz, send one extra man. Ritter's gonna get happy feet and he's he's just gonna like run backwards and he's gonna lose a few extra yards. And it's like I'm not saying I'm not reprieving the offensive line at all. They have to get better. I I talked about it. Lindstrom definitely has to get better. You are the highest paid player in your position's history. And, you know, you're sort of, you know, you've regressed this year. He was great today. Yeah, he did bounce back today. He was the focal point. Uh, And again, we have confidence in him, though. Yeah, you're right. Absolutely right. Yeah, talking about like overall up to this point. Yeah, exactly. has to get better overall this season. And it's just one of those things where it's like, I get it. Yes, they have to get better, but this this isn't Falcons' 2013 offensive line. Yeah, like, yeah. the the quarterback is making them look like even worse than what yes, they are. Yes, it's true. It's a both and thing. Like Ritter is not being decisive and getting the ball out when he needs to, and he's holding the ball and, and making mistakes there. And the offensive line is also not holding up. It's both are both are happening simultaneously, and that's what's making it disastrous. Is that Ritter needs a tick longer to process because he's a young quarterback and he's not reading the field particularly well right now. And the offensive line can't give it to him. So it's really, that's combining for bad stuff, like very bad things for this offense. The, and like, we should give the offensive line big props today. This was one of the NFL's better run defenses through the first uh, three weeks of the season. And they absolutely started dominating in the second half. That's always nice to see. And, you know, if, if only that had happened in the first half, I think we would be talking about a completely different game. But when this team gets behind the sticks or when the run game's not working, Ritter just starts to force it and it, it gets ugly. So, um, you know, the offensive line has to get better. I think Chris Lindstrom, they we all have faith in. And, yeah, yeah. I mean, they they weren't the nearly as bad as last game, week. Gary was okay, yeah, like. yeah. They weren't nearly as bad as last week. Last week, I think hopefully that was the bottoming oh. out and then yeah. we're going to improve from there. And if we, I mean, if you had to take bets, I think everyone would bet on the offensive line improving over anyone else on this team because there's so much invested in that unit. We know what to expect from them. They just need to get comfortable. And like you said, I think Bergeron is someone you'd expect with more reps to continue to improve too. Um, So, you know, last week you could definitely lay the blame at the foot of the offensive line. This week, I think it's, it's much more tilted towards Ritter because of those mistakes. Um, And those turnovers are crushing. This is a ball control offense at this stage. That, that wants to hit some deep throws and they want to run the ball, they can't overcome multiple turnovers, especially back-to-back turnovers. Um, and the Falcons were lucky that didn't just lead to the game ending at halftime, essentially. And the defense had to make a fourth-and-one stop in the in the red zone to keep that game from getting completely out of hand, um, which they did. So, <laughs> um, I mean, Kev, I want to touch on something. You brought this up 10, like 10 minutes ago that I found very fascinating. You brought up the Panthers and Cam Newton and about the short passing game. And I'm, a little, I'm just wondering... With the roster management, did the Falcons maybe botch this? Like you're talking about short passing and how guys get open. Like you remember when the Panthers had Devin Funches, Kevin yeah. Benjamin. This was more like 2016 because in 2015 that one uh, year Ted where it all worked. Yeah. yeah, yeah, like they had Philly Brown, Ted Ginn. That's where Cam Newton's MVP year was. But in 2016, the Panthers completely regressed, and Benjamin and Funches they just couldn't get open. Now, I'm not saying the Falcons. I'm not trying to compare Drake London and Matt Collins to those two. Uh, at all but I do wonder like this team not having that short receiver like Scotty Miller's just been 
barely on the field. And I don't think Scott Miller is a player to be relied upon. He's a role player at best. I'm just wondering when you look at the short pass game, can they actually build it quickly? Because everyone's talking about where the hot receivers. Right. It's basically Bijan and, and Johnny. Yeah. Like Johnny's a great yeah. yards after catch tight end, but like they don't really have another guy. Like that's why I was so so big last year on like Calvin Austin, who's ended up becoming a great yak threat for the Steelers this year. Um, and Scotty Miller's not really a yak guy either. He's a good deep threat. He's a field stretcher, but that's sort of what he does. And, and they, they can't even yeah. use him. Um, so they, they have Janu who can do it and they have Bijan, but they don't, don't really why, have anyone I don't know else. Why, like, because he's not really getting the targets like that. Why not build Kyle Pitts into that a little bit? I'm not right. saying like tournament. Yeah, like, totally. uh, I'm not saying tournament to like, uh, and, uh, a Jarvis Landry who only gets six yards every single time down the field. But I'm saying that like, hurts. that hurts me a curl off it. Yeah, yeah, I mean, like I, he can like our, like Kyle. We've seen Kyle Pitts can like get loose. He can get some yards after the catch out there. Like he he can shed some some tackles. We've seen it in his rookie yeah. year. I, like, I where's the intermediate not, crossers for him? Yeah, like I mean, that's that's a perfect route for him. Yeah, like I don't I wonder Hollins are those guys. I think it's got to be either Pitts, John, or Bijan currently on their roster. Yeah, yeah, and it's one of those things where it's like it, it would be perfect to sort of build some of his confidence. It'll be perfect to build some of Ritter's confidence. It's like you don't have to like just get the home run every time. Yeah, it's it's true, and like it, I think the problem is mostly on Ritter's plate because I think some of these issues are mitigated if you just get that ball out decisively and quickly, and that's the biggest issue right now with Ritter is that the the decision making is behind schedule. And that leads to him locking onto receivers and, and sort of panic throwing and just the field is not being read correctly. The processing is too slow. So those quick timing routes and those crossers and all those things that you need to be on point for, like those just aren't working because Ritter's just not getting the ball out. Like he's not getting through his progressions. He's panicking when the pressure gets in his face. And like, these are all typical things for a young quarterback to deal with. I think it was part of the reason why we wanted again to touch on something we already mentioned earlier in the show that we were hoping that Ritter would be able to play and get this stuff out of his system last year. Instead, he's getting bat- baptized by fire this year. Um, this was only his eighth start. So he is, he's still less than half a season of NFL experience. But again, it's like, I think if, if this had happened last year, then we're going into this year, hopefully with Ritter, three or four games ahead of schedule of where he is now. And we still don't know what he's going to look like three or four games from now. Maybe it's still catastrophic. Maybe it's a little bit better, whatever. But, like, I, it can't be worse, I feel like. <laughs> can't be worse. Is, I don't have hope that he's going to get pulled, even if he is worse. Like, genuinely, I think Arthur Smith is going to be that stubborn. Yeah. But the expectations are higher. Player, the talent's there. Like you have a Taylor Heineke's here for a reason. We yeah, know this that. This isn't like, a young team anymore. You think about it. Yeah. Like, one of the coolest things about the defense being so much better now is you have veterans that could take accountability and just they put, they just make smart plays. You look at Clay Campbell, Bud Dupree, Onyemata. Like, yeah, the like, defense is like, yeah. Can we let's give some flowers? Yes, please oh, do. Oh, please transition do. <laughs> like, yeah. like Ryan Nielsen is he's doing a hell of a job. Ryan Nielsen is exceeding expectations, and I mean, don't get me wrong. We, we thought the defense would be better. It's it's even exceeding my expectations oh, coming yeah. into this year for where they are this early in the season. Like Ryan Nielsen was a gem over in New yeah. Orleans. There's yeah. a reason yeah. why their defensive like line, and there's a reason why their beat writers were saying, "Yeah, this is a big loss right now." Like he is, he's proving himself. He's doing a hell of a job with this defense. And you know what? If he continues this, he's going to be a head coach in this league sooner rather than later. And you know, you sort of, you know, you want to take advantage of like 
of this while, while you have it. You want to take advantage of this great defensive momentum while you have it. You want to take advantage of the plays that they're making. The pass rush was getting home. Jesse Bates looks every bit like the the all pro, the pro bowler that you paid him to be. Like AJ Terrell looks good. This team, this defense looks looks good. They are giving you a chance. And, you know, you're just sort of pissing it away with, with yeah. this offense, like week in and week out, like two straight weeks at this point. Yeah. It's, it's, Ryan Nielsen's working miracles. I, I think we all thought the defense was going to be the slow starter because, look, it's a new scheme, a lot of new personnel, a lot of new faces. And instead, they've hit the ground running. They've been excellent out the gate. And they've continued to, I think, improve week by week. They only actually allow, in terms of offensive points, uh, what, they're, 16 points in this one uh mm-hmm. with the, with the last three being you know that chip shot at the end when they just did the offense couldn't do a damn thing and they get sacked and give them the ball they like really at the, the Jaguars offense work yeah. like you look at they the, did. the yards yeah. gained and the conversion other than the really big play like the, the completions to Kirk and Ingram that's just Trevor being you know, top caliber quarterback and just Evan Ingram being an athletic freaking Christian Kirk knowing how to create separation in the slot like they really made that Jacksonville offense work which yeah it's, it's been a long time since you said, like, the Falcons' defense is making offenses work. Like, they were always giving up easy access yardage. Like, no, yeah. now you really have to earn it. And uh, two players that I guess you could say, well, technically not Nate Landman because he played a lot week two, but like Landman and Jeff Okuda, I thought, looked really strong. Yeah. And yeah, Okuda looked nice today. Like, Okuda, yeah. right from the start, mm-hmm. had that, like, uh, uh, it wasn't a technically a pass defended, but he had the coverage on the third down play. Near right. the so the holding penalty, I think. Yeah. yeah like. Yeah. yeah exactly. And it's, yeah, well, well, it was good job by Okuda. His first like sort of real game he was really eased into it last week. Speaking of like players who aren't playing, Cordero Patterson. Yeah, didn't get any snaps as far as I could tell. Um, no, he's today. clearly not healthy. He was like, pass protector. Oh, was yeah. He? Oh, he okay. did. He okay. Yeah. yeah. Like Bijan, he was back there for kicks. Yeah, he was back there for kickoffs, um, but yeah, I mean, mean their yeah, usage of him is bizarre. $4 million dollars for yeah. a returner. Yeah. What about him as a possession receiver option? I don't know. Like, <laughs> right, At this yeah. point, maybe he's more a running back, but... I mean, I wouldn't be you... upset about that at all. But we can we see him truck people with the ball in his hands all the time. Like I, he, I think yeah, that's, I mean, he was one of those guys. He was going to be one of their short outlet guys, but he's they haven't been able to... I mean, I think that he's going to get the Akuta treatment and get worked in slowly, it seems like, so... I'm just the worst thing. I can't get worked in more slowly than he has so far. Like at this point, he's, <laughs> yeah, at this point, he's pretty much like been doing the Freddie the Falcon role right now. You know, hyping up fans in camp, and you know, that's about yeah. it. It's yeah. it's a very lucrative position so far this season. Seems like it. But, yeah. 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 I mean, at least Freddie the Falcon's like zip lining from like from the top of like the bend. <laughs> yep. Earning that paycheck, damn it. But yep. but comes to defense, though, man, you got to be just. You got to be in the throw the inches. Like, you love what you see in the trenches. Like, okay, this team doesn't really have a true edge rusher, but they're they're going to be a pain for these offensive lines because they just consistently – they have guys that know how to control line scrimmage and just beat you up. At least a couple of times a game, you will see Calais Campbell take a right tackle and just throw him away and just oh, get yeah. that nice one stuff. Completely crazy. You'll see Dion on your mind, just control double teams and wreck someone. But Dupree, I think, had a great last two weeks. I know maybe, okay, some of it was against a third-string tackle, but hey, we're we're, uh, we're we're trying to look for progress here. This is against the Lions, but today I thought Bud Dupree had a really good game, and you know you know what you get from Brady Jarrett. You know, I think the only player that you kind of want to see more of, and yes, Epicetti probably needs more reps, but the only player I think is kind of underperforming is Daquan Graham. 
So yeah. he's kind of a liability against the run. But besides that, I, I like Harrison's progress. I think Timmy Horns gave him something. But this defensive line, they're deep. And yes, they I, they need more juice in the edge. But I feel like we're going to say that every week. It is what it is at this point. Maybe Lorenzo Carter gets some more snaps. But otherwise, though, the, the, Offensive lines aren't going to really bully them. You're going to have to wear them out. Like the Lions yeah. wore out the Falcons last week. They didn't bully them, but eventually yeah. they were on the field for too long. Yeah, this felt like Campbell's best game, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. He was that. playing really well. Yeah. I mean, one and a half sacks for Onyamata today. That's nice to see. Dupree had a half sack as well. Um, I think Richie Grant, other than messing up that pass rush, he had his most productive day as a tackler, I think, where he was, especially early, like he had those like two or three plays in a row where he came flying in to limit Running. plays. And so I think he's maybe, you know, straightening up a bit there. But like Landman, yeah, Dealford was great. I mean, Nate Landman, I think, deserves so much praise because total wild card. Everyone's like, the Falcons need to sign a veteran linebacker. What's the depth going to be like? He comes out in week two when he has to fill in, has a great game. And it's like, okay, well, it's, I mean, maybe we have something here. I, I think we have something here. Um, Like, Two games now, full time of Nate Lamon, and he looks absolutely good. Like he looks he like is. a natural fit, fits right next. He doesn't offer that athletic upside that Troy Anderson does, but what he does, he has the the instincts, right? But you know, he's played linebacker for way longer. I mean, I think he's played linebacker for like seven or eight years. So um he was also a guy that played five years in college, so he has that experience and looks absolutely good <laughs> on, on the interior. Uh ten total tackles today. Um, again, doesn't have the coverage upside of Anderson, doesn't have that blitzing upside, but doesn't really need to at this stage. Really, the Falcons, I think, are just, with with Anderson out, they're just looking like we just need a solid linebacker next to Caden Ellison. I think they absolutely have that in Nate Lamont. So that's, that's nice to see. Um, and team, you know, that was another good decision. Like, we actually don't need Michael Walker because Nate Lamont is better, and they seem to be absolutely right at this stage. So Don't need Rashad Evans either. Like, nope, nope. Marvel on that part. And I just love Brian Nielsen with the blitzes as well. Cause now he's getting the safeties of all. You saw it, Grant, yeah, you saw it yeah. Justin Bates. Like he just like they run a lot of games, they run a lot of twists, and it's just it confuses offensive lines. Because look, not to slander Dean Pease. I feel like Dean Pease got a lot of slander and look, he's happily retired. But I just felt like Dean Pease was just so lackluster when it came to blitzes. Yeah. And I was just like, man, I've missed seeing like just edgy blitzes that are actually creative and that are actually gonna make quarterbacks panic. Um, so kudos to Nils. I, I yeah. think his blitz for the most part been on point. Yeah, I I love this defense. This is like my kind of defense. I love the physical man coverage. I love the like pressing at the line of scrimmage, no cushions. I mean, they have yeah. obviously they're gonna play zone sometimes. Like I mean, but yeah. like I just like the mindset of this defense so much more than DMPs. And DMPs is an absolute legend, and he he somehow extracted like a below average season out of that out of last year's Falcons defense, which was probably the least talented defense in the league that they only ended up being like, you know, early twenties in terms of rankings instead of what probably should have been 32. So he deserves the props that he managed to limit the damage. But I think this defense is so much more aggressive. Also, and the other thing about it. the yeah. defense is, and you notice it, even Orlovsky and Riddick were mentioning it at one point when, when there was 17, nothing like this defense was out there just like constantly punching, punching at the ball. Like every yeah. single time they like they came in contact with a ball carrier, they were looking to make a play because they felt like they had to make a play because I, I feel like they they have this like idea at this point that or they had the idea at that point that it's like all right if we're gonna win this game we have to win this game like we, our offense isn't gonna help us we ourselves have to turn this game around and I mean sure it didn't like 
it didn't always like work out. Bates got a punch out, but you know they they jumped on it, and that was a you know kind of a dumb challenge to only play four yards. About that, but yeah, but the the thing about it is like you know this defense like they're they're making plays out there. They're they're out there like doing they're doing their part and they're trying to go above and beyond in doing their part because they sort of have to. And, you know, like full props to them, full props to Ryan Nielsen. And I feel like we can have something with this. And this is why I I continue to confidently say, I think this team is going to win 10 games despite the bad quarterback play. I'm not saying, oh, Ritter is going to lead them to 10 games. I'm saying, they're going to win 10 games despite the liability that Ritter is because this defense is so good and because Bijan is so good. And I think I think they're bound to figure it out at least a little bit regarding like offensive play calling. I don't I, mean, I yeah, don't yeah. Ritter. And I mean honestly Ritter cannot be any worse than what he is now. Like he's going <laughs> right. to I I hope like he's going to like you know get at, at the very least better because this is right now is on the floor. This this is the floor right now. Yeah, you can say that they're going against the D'Amico Ryan's defense next week, and then you got the Commanders. Like they're going to go up against some decent units. I wouldn't. I'm not trying to be ultimate pessimist. We all know, but, but home Ritter's it, undefeated, Alan. All right. <laughs> also, like Alan brings up a point. You're playing yeah. the Texans at home next week, and this is a game you chose. Oh, they have like, to win. They have to. Win. Yeah, like this is a game. Like for for people who don't know, if you play in London, you get the option of either getting your bye week the next week, or you can choose who your opponent on your schedule is going to be the next week. I know this. And wow. the Falcons the Falcons chose the Houston Texans at home because they thought, yeah, th- this is going to be like the easy game on the schedule. C.J. Stroud is balling right now. Yep. Like the Texans, I think, are beating the Steelers like 7 nothing right now. Nico Collins is balling right now. The only thing is like oh, okay. that offensive line is a little bit decimated. Laramie Tunsil's out. Hopefully, you know, he continues his recovery next week and – you know, it doesn't suit up. You know, I like that framing. I like that framing. Yeah. last week. You know, yeah. like I, I just want, I just want Laramie Tunsil to get like a hundred percent healthy, and you know, maybe another week off will will help do that. Yeah, yeah. Um, you just want what's and, best for him. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And this is one of those things where if you lose to the Texans at home next week, and if you fall to two and one, like you know, some conversations need to actually yeah. be made regarding that's the, the one thing he can hang his hat on. It's that undefeated home yeah. record. So yeah, yeah I mean, if he loses that, year, I, yeah. I'm throwing my 10, one prediction out the window. If you lose these next two games, like, you know, at that oh, yeah, point, yeah. like, no, I mean, panic, like, yeah. you, right you know, now they're, they're on track. Yeah. Right now they're on track to my projection, but if Ritter continues playing like this, Heineke will be playing sooner than later. Like he can't continue. Like he has to take steps forward. If he doesn't take any steps forward, it's, he's not going to keep playing like they and again the reason why i think they're the the leash is is shorter on ritter this year is because they actually do have serious aspirations last year was a joke and we we know that and like they really shouldn't have even been competitive for the playoffs given how that team was actually playing on the field but this year they do the the nfc south is completely wide open and if ritter's not improving um especially with a couple you know with with home games on deck like you have to, you have to eventually make the decision there. Um, and and every week now, you know, like we, like I said earlier, like this game threw the clock forward like five or six hours. And if midnight is when Ritter's getting benched, you know, now we're at like eleven a.m. You know, twelve like twelve noon, and and like we he, he can't afford too many more of these because these games thrust that the, those clock hands forward hours and hours and hours. 
Um, but at the same time, good games can turn it back. So like you have to bounce back. You have to string together some improvement performances. No one's expecting a complete turnaround where Ritter just all of a sudden lights up the Texans. I mean, maybe he could, but like you have to make small steps forward or you're going to be benched sooner than later. Um, that's just how it goes. Like you have to be patient with Ritter if he's getting better, but if he's continuing to suck every single week and get worse, then he's going to get benched sooner than later because of that because you have to at least be taking steps forward if you're taking steps forward the game the team is treading water but you can see signs of hope you'll probably see Ritter stick around but again you have to be taking step even if it's small steps you have to be taking those steps or else it's it's not going to work like protect the ball that's like the yeah, first prote- yes and like through the first two games it was like yeah oh yeah, yeah. no that they I think another multi-interception first half where they get shut out could could be his undoing. I just it's just I don't know how you survive another one like that because you, you, this yeah. team you understand how much they invest in this offense and like yeah. I don't care about the like, the personal usage, but just they invested so much. Well, that's the thing too about about Taylor Heineke and well and like if River keeps playing this, we're gonna have to keep talking about Taylor Heineke. But yeah, it's a conversation for sure. Well. Heineke's not a bad quarterback. Like he he can again, he's not going to have those timing processing issues. Now Heineke is also from the Unleash the Dragon school of quarterbacking, which it. which is it is fun, but Heineke will Heineke will make mistakes not because he is making bad reads in the short passing game. It'll be because he's taking shots and like if he can but hit I those shots, it. then it you know, then maybe it's okay. Genuinely, <laughs> I would rather live with those mistakes than these mistakes. Because oh yeah, of course. Yeah, the, the big, the big plus for Ritter versus Heineke coming into this season is all right. Ritter doesn't turn the ball over the way that Heineke would. Like that's that's not a plus this year. <laughs> that's no Ritter longer really being the case. Yeah, at this point, no yeah. turnover worthy <laughs> plays this year. Like genuinely, he the only thing stopping Ritter from having five more interceptions this year is pure dumb luck. Yeah. Like it is defenders not being able luck. to catch. Yeah, which is why they're playing defense. And great so ones too. We're talking Jagger Alexander, oh, we're talking yeah. Quay yeah. Walker. Yeah. I forgot who on the lines, but like players have he's gone away with it, man. Yeah, he like, has. Yeah. Like on the Jags today, it was um who, uh, who Williams. Uh, yeah, like Darius Williams. Williams. Darius Williams who already had a pick. Like yeah. dropping yeah. A, like an easy interception on a play that should have been a touchdown. Matt Collins on a better thrown ball like it, it, it's, it's inexplicable and it's like one of those things where like do, do we really think that Heineke would even with his like gunslinger mentality do we really think he'd be throwing this many turnover worthy like no. plays right now no. no Ritter's the worst in the league like even when Heineke was starting he wasn't like worse in the league I mean he was definitely one of the more aggressive risk-taking quarterbacks but he wasn't worse in the league in turnover worthy play rate so like Ritter's thing was that he was supposed to be efficient, keep this offense on schedule and hit the plays that were open, make the correct reads on it. He was really good at that in college. Like he has not done that in two out of the four games this year. And even in the second game, it took him until late the second half to really get that going. So if he's not doing what he's supposed to be good at, then he can't stay on the field. Like, because at that point, if you're just going to throw picks on these short passes and these intermediate routes, what what do you have to lose by going to Heineke, who's going to at least throw picks going deep? Because at least if you throw deep and get it, get picked off, it's like an arm punt, right? Instead of these pick six opportunities that Desmond Ritter's... He should have multiple pick sixes. I mean, I think we, we all are in agreement about that. Um, he can't turn the ball over like this. Right now, he's leading the NFL in turnover-worthy play rate. And I think after this week, he might be leading the NFL in interceptions too. So 
he can't continue to do that. That is going to get him benched faster than anything if he can't cut down on the turnovers. That's what gets you off the starting lineup. Um, and like we've seen Arthur Smith run an offense with a quarterback that was considered to be kind of mediocre, right? And Ryan Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill took the shots when they were open and didn't make mistakes in the short to intermediate passing game. Now, Taylor Heineke is not as talented as Ryan Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill, you know, first round pick and all this. And, uh, but like Heineke's not going to make the mental errors that Ritter is making. And and that might be enough to to get this team over the hump. But it's not, you know, Heineke's not necessarily going to elevate either. But no. at a certain He's point, a you're going to have... Yes, like at a certain point, you're going to have to have that conversation where if Ritter is actively negatively impacting the offense, you're going to have to roll the dice with, with Heineke and just take what he gives you, which is probably 500 football. But with the defense being as good as it is, that might it's be enough be, to win I those 10 games. I genuinely think it's going to yeah. be better than five. With, I think against a neutral schedule, it would be 500 football. This is not a neutral schedule. Right, like right. I think against this schedule, against these teams, I think Heineke will, will also... I, when you double digit games given where you've started and honestly like the reason why like one of the reasons why i'm like calling for it is i feel like he would unlock these weapons a little more like i feel like he would give Drake yeah. london more of an opportunity downfield like legitimate opportunity i think he he would unlock kyle pitts a little more downfield like it's one of those things where you know ritter is just like you know, he's making bad passes and he's not really even giving anyone a chance. Like the only one that the only player that has a consistent chance is Bijan Robinson on a dump off. And I'm sure even Bijan would rather like, you know, the ball go downfield once in a while rather than like him get every one of these touches and have to make three or four defenders miss on every third and long. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's... Heineke also is not just being a natural player. Like you look at his high end play. Like I know it was a few years ago, but that Bucks Super Bowl run, he he came in and he put up one hell of a performance. Like he he could scramble. Yeah, he almost beat Brady. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. it was one of the like most unexpected cool performances. Uh, and nothing like you look at. I know he's played with a lot of bad quarterbacks, and, but Terry McLaurin. You look at his highlight reel. Most of his touchdowns are like best moments were with Taylor Heineke. Yes. Logan Thomas breakout year with Taylor Heineke, and I don't think Taylor Heineke's ever really worked with the real good coaching step. Like I think Ron Rivera's kind of yeah. over the hill and I don't really remember like the, any notable Washington offensive coordinators. Like Scott Turner was okay, but I just think working this offense, like he's never had this many amount of playmakers. And it's unfortunate we're having this conversation, like <laughs> yeah. but it's it's gotta be had at this point. After that first half, it's hard to recover from that. Now Ritter obviously is gonna have the opportunity, but you know I just think if Heineke came in, he is arguably in the best situation of his career. And he's proven that he's could help maximize talents so of like a Terry McLaurin, like a Logan Thomas. So uh, I would be cautiously optimistic. Although, like I said, you have to put up a lot of just riskiness. And I think that Flex, Nate Tice said it best. He's the Johnny Knoxville quarterback. It's going to be a roller coaster ride. Look, we'll like, it would at rides. least not be. It would not be boring. It would not yeah, be boring. Not, no, it yeah. would not be boring. Like Falcons football will be crazy fun, but you just have to have the tolerance that. You might see some interceptions where he's going to force the downfield double coverage. A la oh yeah, weeks. that but, will happen. And the thing yeah. is, like, we're not talking, we're not calling for Heineke as a, as a long term answer here. Like, no, I, no. this is literally a specific NC because you're not really going to find any better options unless you think Carson Wentz is a better option. Because <laughs> I think that's the best quarterback on the market, and he got benched for Heineke last. Yeah, year. no, 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 no. Yeah. Yep. You might as well call Matt Ryan. 
Right yeah. You know, I, no, I think Matt Ryan is, you know, enjoying his family and his time at CBS while getting paid $18 million from the Colts this year. Yeah. Um, like, it's nice to be Matt Ryan right about now. Right. But genuinely, like, this is just an in-season, like, how can we, like, salvage as much of this season? Like, I've, I'm, I've been on record from the very beginning of camp. I, I did not think that Ritter is the long-term answer for this team. And that's okay. He was a third-rounder. Like, this team has to legitimately address the quarterback position this offseason. Legit, I, yeah, I don't mean, yeah. all right, like, g- give me a day two, day three, like, dart throw player and just, like, throw everything you have in him. I don't mean let's sign some, like, veteran backup off the street, some, like, name off the street, which is what they've done the last couple off seasons. I mean, like, you have to go out there straight up for a quarterback of your choosing, a quarterback that you think is actually going to be, like, good enough or test the market like it's happening more and more year after year where we're now we seem to be in an era where every offseason there seems to be some quarterback that like becomes available like some veteran quarterback that becomes available through the offseason and maybe it's maybe you don't find a long term like maybe you don't find your Patrick Mahomes this offseason like that that's okay like that won't happen like every year like maybe you don't find your like franchise guy grab someone who can take full advantage of this defense for the next couple of years while you have it. I don't think that's right. Like I would be thrilled if this team ended up with Kirk Cousins this yeah. offseason. Okay. Well, the conversation. All right. Let, let's have that conversation. I would be thrilled if we go into week one next offseason with Kirk Cousins under center. I think Cousins is a very good quarterback. He's a very underrated quarterback. And I genuinely think if you had Cousins leading this team right now, they would be a legitimate NFC uh, conference contender or NFC championship game contender. Yeah, I know you have takes on Cousins, uh, Alan. So I'll, I'll let you, Is Kirk you, you handle ever it. NFC conference championship. Kirk Cousins, like, has that ever like? Because it's some never good actually teams. happened. But he... I'm not saying it would definitely happen. But I think yeah. it would be like it would be a conversation where you would be able to you would have a puncher's chance against against one of these NFC okay. heavyweights. But also, in fairness to Cousin Cousins. I think he. I don't think he's ever had a really good keep. I don't think he's ever had the defense that the, these Falcons have, because I think that Vikings defense kind of started going in the toilet after uh, after the Case Keenum year. Yeah, with Zimmer. Yeah, and then the Washington defense. I remember being particularly good. It'll be interesting if Cousins with this Washington defense now. But I just wonder, like thirty six year old, he's gonna be thirty six next year. And no, just... but that's why I'm saying like it's only a couple year like thing, and then like in the meantime, you have to continue searching for your quarterback. Yeah, this is you're only probably you looking for development sort of, guys. Yeah, yeah. This is sort of if you don't like find your guy, but like obviously the number one like yeah the number one scenario is you you draft someone, you find someone who you think can actually be a franchise quarterback in the draft, and I mean an actual franchise quarterback, not this gaslighting. Oh, Desmond Ritter is our guy long term type mm-hmm. like shit. That, that they've yeah. been doing all off season, like yeah. it, it, like let's say let's say they really like Michael Penix in, in the draft this year, go up and yeah. get him. Like yeah. you really like, are you in position to possibly get Drake May? Like go up. It, this is this isn't me saying these guys are going to be the guy, but if you evaluate him like that, and yeah. you know that's why you have scouts, that's why you have your front office, that's why these guys are paid millions of dollars, in, like these decision makers. But I'm saying it cannot be. Ritter and Heineke or Ritter and, you, you know, journeyman backup quarterback insert here next going into next year. Okay. Yeah, yeah I agree. Yeah, it can't. Yeah. So that, I mean, Kirk Cousins is 
probably not getting anyone up out of bed in terms of overall excitement, but that's honestly the most realistic veteran because he's not under contract next year. And, um, you know, he fits this scheme well. Like, he's very familiar with this type of scheme from his days with Kyle Shanahan. I mean, um, and like, yes, the reason the Vikings won all those games last year was Kirk Cousins and that offense just making magic happen, despite the worst defense in the NFL. I mean, that they won all those one-score games because of the, that offense uh, making magic. And it hasn't translated this year, but that defense somehow might be worse. Uh, so no, I, I don't know. Like, I, I don't get, like, I get it. Like, there's this anti-Cousins stigma because he's, like, bad in primetime games. Like, he's he's a fine quarterback. I Like, he's genuinely, like, a like overall, he's a good quarterback in the NFL. Like, I'm not saying this is your long-term answer. But I, I wouldn't be upset at him being your week one starter next year and him, like, being the bridge guy for the next couple of years. It's, yeah. It sure as hell is better than what we have saw the last couple of years. That's fair, but how many years? That's the question. Like, do you really Ooh. want to use – like, Deshaun like Robinson's on his rookie contract right now. You got other guys on the rookie contracts. It's just yeah, like, like two max. Like, two I'm max. saying like, – okay. I, I think I'm like, behind that. Like, I'm not saying sign him to a five-year contract. Yeah, please. Well, you're, you're going to have to. Like, if you're signing Kirk Cousins, it's going to be a long-term deal. He's not coming here for two years. So, at, at just 36 so you know. years yeah. old, he could command a five-year deal? I don't, I'm not I saying don't. five, but he's getting three to four. Like, he's not signing anywhere for a two-year contract. I mean, contract. like, it's not three's fine with, like, two years guaranteed. Like, yeah, I, I, you can convince me on that. Because I think yeah. Kirk would be more realistic. I, I, and look, it would be cool, but I could not see Kyler Murray here. I don't think Arthur Smith would want a small quarterback who's injury prone. And and some people might say, oh, who knows if Arthur Smith's going to be here. I'm not, I, look, Arthur Smith will be here in 2020. Even if the he, team disappoints. He's not getting fired. Yeah. He's not getting fired this year. But the first two he's years. Not fired this year, but he is going to be on the hot seat of this team. Oh, yeah. Not yeah. If they don't make the playoffs. Yeah. And like, I think, you know, we'll, we'll see how this develops, but I think there's going to be a lot of calls for him to get a real passing game coordinator because that's another area of, of criticism. And if you guys watch that, that quarterback school video, that, that was a good video. And it's hard to say like, are people running the wrong routes or are these route trees that bad? Because I, I can't believe that there's so many routes drawn up like that. And if that's actually what was called where there's like three receivers in the same area of the field, all these routes, like that is high school level play calling. Like no you got to do better than that. So like <laughs> that is, that is basic stuff. So like, that's why I think some of those are probably people messing up, but um, yeah, I mean, it, we're going to have serious questions if, if that doesn't get sorted out either. But yeah, let me uh, let me get to the rest of these donations because we're already closing in on an hour and a half here. Um, so we got Jason Gaines saying, I thought the play calling was awful. I thought Ritter should have been benched. And I want Heineke as the starting quarterback. Uh, With you, also, Jason. Agreed yeah. on everything. Also, he says AJ Terrell was the one responsible for that touchdown on Ridley. I, I agree um, based on what I think the coverage was. Uh, and I... So, but again, it's not a hundred percent sure, but I, I think, I think it's very unlikely they would have called a defense that was Jesse Bates one-on-one with, with Calvin Ridley. Um, I just think yeah, that's not. Four, so it was a yeah. coverage for sure, but I think that's the only like massive. Yeah. yeah. But that's that going to happen. Like you're not going to yeah. play perfect coverage all game, like 60 snaps. It's just not going to happen. Like you're going to have blown coverage. Yeah. And like, they should have had a sack. Like Richie Grant should have sacked him on that play. So it shouldn't have even mattered, but you know, it, Hey, it's the Falcons, right? I don't wait for the replay. Wow, wow. We got George Costanza with the $2. Says we're missing Matt Ryan more and more. Adnan hates Ritter even more than he hates Matt Ryan. <laughs> I, I hate that this narrative is a thing right now. I, I've never... I, I, I cherished Matt Ryan while he was here. 
And you know what? To all the people that were bashing on Matt Ryan and saying that Matt Ryan's the biggest problem for years and years as he was throwing 4,500 plus yards with like a subpar supporting cast on the offensive line and a terrible defense. Like the grass isn't always greener on the other side, guys. Like what we need to, I, I hope that you, that you enjoyed Matt Ryan while he was here, because honestly, this is what we were saying like the entire time, like, Enjoy him because it's hard to find the next franchise quarterback. We got really lucky with Matt Ryan. Yeah, yeah, and it's you. You, you got just got to appreciate it. And we tried to warn people like this is the best quarterback the Falcons have ever had. Might be the best quarterback they ever have, ever. Uh, and people just people don't appreciate what's right in front of them. Odd now we know this. Uh, you know it, it goes fast when you got these great players. So enjoy every minute of it. Um, <laughs> George says with the Falcons first round pick in 2024, the Falcons select Brock Bowers tight end of the university of Georgia. Yeah. That's what we need. <laughs> Another tight end in the first round. Well, but that should be the final infinity stone in his tight end infinity gauntlet. And that, uh, now will be what unlocks the offense. Finally, that's what we've been waiting for. Another <laughs> player for Ritter to overthrow or underthrow. How many snaps Michael Pruitt's getting right now? I think a tight end three will uh, he'll get on the field. Somehow, I'm, actually, I'm, a valuable player in this offense. But yeah, I, I, I think if we are Michael Pruitt, if this team yeah. has a top ten pick and we're doing our oh, they're taking pick, a quarterback. Yeah, they're, they're but no, like, and if they take Brock Bowers, I'm going to leave. <laughs> like, I'm not doing it. Like, I'm going to need. And a no offense to Brock. Brock is very good, but yeah, yeah no, Brock is a beast. Brock yeah. is a monster. This team does not need another tight end. This team yeah. does not need another uh, another pass catcher until yeah, they no, figure it, out. The they're not taking position. another pat. They're just not going to do it. Like it, it would get, they would get ridiculed so hard. And that like Bijan, we were honest with you guys that it was a possibility, and it was correct. But it's going to be one of three things for them this year. It's going to be offensive tackle, quarterback, or edge rusher. That's it. That's probably all they're looking at in the first round. Like, I mean, and maybe like an interior defensive lineman if someone really good is there, but I, I think it's going to be one of those three things in the first round. Um, I don't really think they can do anything else other than that, you know, and we'll see what the class ends up looking like. This is a pretty, but this is a pretty deep tackle and edge rusher class. And they, there's some good quarterbacks too, but they're, they're probably gonna have to trade up for these quarterbacks. We'll see how this goes, but they're, they're gonna have to trade up for somebody if they really want one, but that could be in the cards. Like, we we like we talked about before the season. They they're probably getting this second round pick from Calvin Ridley trade, so they will have two seconds. Um, and if they are in picking in the low teens or early twenties or whatever it is, you know those two seconds could be enough to get you into the bottom of the top ten to potentially get a quarterback. But it just depends on how things fall and how many guys we're looking at there. And the other thing about this team, which you know this team is in a pretty advantageous position, is. Seems going to have over eighty million dollars in cap space again next year, yep. and if you if you do, you're not completely distraught and devoid of any uh, of any depth if you take uh, if you trade some extra picks for a quarterback this year in the draft because you're going to be able to fill fill the coffers and replenish the pantry so to speak with a lot more depth through the free agent class again this this offseason the same way you mm -hmm. did last year and you'll be able to sort of even build on last year's offseason class with this year's offseason free agent class so it's not you know it, it's not a must that you have to make every single draft pick exactly 50 percent is good 50 percent is good like if you hit 50 percent of your draft picks you're a really good drafter like it's not easy like even layups you know, like even when you think you got you have layups, look around. Like it doesn't always work out. So yeah, look you know, at Kyle Pitts. 
<laughs> I was waiting. I was, for that. Look, look at the bears. I teed you but... up. Yeah. Yeah. You look at the bears. Yeah. But let me get through these uh, tips and then I will uh, get to our, our prize pick seg here, guys. Uh, thank you to everyone who's tipping. I really appreciate that, guys. We're trying to get trying to get the takes off and get to as many tips as we can. It's a good problem to have, but I, I apologize if you had to wait uh, to hear your tip. Uh, we've gotten like 20. So I'm trying to get through as many as I can without interrupting the flow of the chat. We got Jonathan Moxley with the super chat. Thank you, Jonathan. He says two dollars. My favorite team. Been disappointing fans since 1966. Yep, and we're keeping that streak going. Unfortunately, this week we got Ernest with three dollars saying, "Let's stop sugarcoating what's going on." Arthur Smith is mediocre, and Ritter is not a starting quarterback. Terry Fontenot doesn't call plays or decides who quarterbacks. Period. Well, he might have some pull in deciding who who. Uh, starts at quarterback or who they pursue at quarterback at least, but yeah, yeah. fair. I, I do think that I, I, I think that Ritter was definitely an Arthur Smith call. Yes. Like more than anything, but like, honestly, like if you're Fontenot, like there's no way that you're really like that you're pleased that your top 10 picks at like receiver oh, no. and yeah. end are like, are, are doing what they're doing right now or sort of aren't being like featured right now and that they're being like, you know, pulled like I would love to know what Terry Fontenot is genuinely thinking right now. I'm probably not feeling great. I mean, this is like, we'll, we'll get into this more on Wednesday, I'm sure. But like the, the way this offense is playing, it's actively limiting their ability to utilize these weapons because they're so, they, they're just trying to get first downs. Like they're not even able to draw anything up. That's creative. They're, they're behind big and they're just trying to get first downs and string anything they can together. And uh, it's not great. Um, we got Grant Watson with the $10 super chat. Thank you, Grant. Appreciate that, man. He says, I have full faith and trust in this offense. I just started the Dags defense in fantasy and was awarded 21 points. Let me reiterate how much faith I have in this offense. <laughs> yeah, that, that's striking a nerve because I'm playing against the Jags defense yeah. in my home league. So it was doubly bad that I had to watch the Falcons be shit. And then mm-hmm. I also have, like, I it also probably cost me in fantasy this week because the Jags defense dropped 27 on me. Yeah, they they dropped it. They dropped a big one there. Uh, we got George Costanza with the two dollars saying, "What about the play caller that that drew up uh, the annexation of Puerto Rico? Is he available?" You know, George, I'll need you to look into that one. I, I'm not caught up on my history there. Uh, that you know, it sounds like that was some sort of military maneuvering. So I, I feel embarrassed. Yeah, I don't from, know. It was from but, a movie. It was from, oh, it was like, from a uh, movie. Yeah. Uh, I forget what the movie was called. Like, see this. I'm sure I'm, someone I'm, in the chat. Will, I, feel, I feel like a young man again for for not getting that reference. So. Uh, thank you, George, for that one. <laughs> and then Corey asks with the $2 Super Chat. Thanks, Corey. What's up with the clearing of salary cap this week? Yeah, Corey, I actually did some looking into that. And because of all the injuries and players that had to get put on IR. Little Giants. Little gi- I thought it was Little, little Giants. Rascal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. Little Giants. Yeah, yeah. That's it. Um, but yeah, the, the Falcons so were actually, nice. they were running low on cap because of the players that had to get put on IR. Um, so that's why they did the restructure now. Because every week that Matthews plays, that amount you can get from his restructure, which is based on the base salary, it goes down every week because you pay out a little bit of that base salary every week. It's divided into 17 game checks, whatever. Um, So they did it now to make sure they could get that full amount from his base salary. Uh, That doesn't mean they're planning to use it today, but they wanted to make sure they had it in case they wanted to make a move later. Probably closer to the trade deadline would be my guess is when something actually develops because I like if the Vikings go Oh and five or whatever, and they lose this game. Then I think the market for Daniel Hunter is going to heat up. And that's one move I'd love to see them make, because I think that fills a huge need. Um, 
But this defense would be so nasty. Yeah, I would love that. Um, it doesn't necessarily help the offensive issues, but I'm not sure there's too much you can do about that other than maybe putting Heineke in. So if you can secure that sort of staple edge rusher for a few years and do it for what's probably going to be a third round pick or so, I would absolutely do that um, without hesitation. But you'll you'll need that money to pay him this year. Um, I ruined the joke, George. I'm sorry that I, I got the layup. I should have let Adnan read it. He knew what, what you were talking about. Um, but yeah, I, I can't win them all, George. You know, I, I try on this show, but <laughs> I'm deflated from you know watching Desmond Ritter uh, today. So just couldn't couldn't get you the energy you needed. But um, let me real quick, guys, get to a message from our sponsor, Prize Picks. Uh, thanks to Prize Picks once again for sponsoring the show. We'll check in on our picks this week and. If you had taken my advice, you would have nailed it because we hit this one uh, this week. Thanks to Evan Ingram. I was pretty confident he was going to get peppered with targets and beat his 46 and a half receiving yards number, which he did uh, by by a pretty decent margin. Uh, Evan Ingram went seven for 59. So definitely hit that more than Bijan Robinson. This one's a layup every week, guys. Bijan, uh, more than 26 and a half receiving yards. He hits that. Uh and even in a game where the passing game was not working, he still hits that. And I think that's one of the safer ones you can get every week. It is creeping up, but it's getting better. And then also had Sam Laporta with more than 42 and a half receiving yards. Again, another tight end, another guy that's going to hoover up those targets for that good lines passing game. We hit that as well. So uh, yeah, good stuff there, guys. For those who don't remember, prize picks is a skill-based daily fantasy game. You pick two to six players, decide if they'll go more or less than their prize picks projection. The more you guys you pick, the more you can win, all the way up to 25 times your money. And again, you're playing against the projections, not against other people. So it's different than normal daily fantasy in that way. They also have some generous promotions, so check check out them on different days like Taco Tuesday and Flex Friday. And you can also play on other games, uh, NBA, MLB, NHL, all that good stuff when that comes back. College football, obviously, many more. Best thing, guys, prize picks can be made in 60 seconds or less, and they offer fast withdrawals. It's that easy. Also, guys, all first-time users that deposit and use our promo code DBB, Dirty Birds and Bruce, you will receive a 100% deposit match up to $100. That means if you deposit $100, prize picks will give you $100. If you deposit $50, prize picks will give you $50. Just make sure to use that promo code DBB. And since it's Daily Fantasy, guys, prize picks is available in 31 states, including Georgia. So that's that's notable. Um, so yeah, check it out guys. And again, thanks to prize picks for sure, for, for sponsoring the show. Um, yeah, guys, before we, we wrap up, uh, we've covered a lot of ground today. Yes. Please do like, and subscribe as Edward said, if you don't mind, we really appreciate that. Uh, really helps us out. If you're listening on the podcast audio after we're live, please leave us that five-star review on your podcast platform of choice. Uh, go around the horn one more time. Alan, I'll go to you first guys. He's Alan Stirk at Alan Stirk. Any, any closing thoughts on this one, Alan? We... I don't want to say the team's at crossroads because it's only week four, but <laughs> they're at a crossroads. Very, yeah. I'm very, yeah, I'm just very curious to see what this offense looks like this next two weeks. Like, as thrilled we as we are with the defense, it's just that the offense was going to get all the headlines this year, given all the weapons they have, and just to have two single digit games. Yeah. I just, I didn't expect that at all this year, and to have the two consecutive ones against two teams that are expected to be playoff teams, it's, it's disheartening. So, Hopefully things uh, change quick or you know, we're going to see the Tehanke area and Heineken sales will go up high across the Atlanta and 
probably in my apartment as well. That's a Gwinnett County yeah. legend right there. Yeah, Shout out to yeah. Collins Hill High School, you know, yep. Collins Hill High School legend, you know, Gico. I, I just will say, like, I don't think it's a coincidence that Taylor Heineke decided to sign here on an incentive-heavy contract. Like, he has $6 million in incentives, I think, this year if he starts and, like, wins a certain number of games. I don't remember the exact details of those incentives, but they're in his contract. Heineke signed and immediately said he signed to be the backup, but Heineke's a smart guy. He had to know there was an opportunity he was going to play, um, and maybe he'll he'll prove all the people that thought Ritter was going to get benched correct, right? You know, I, I think all the betting markets assumed that Ritter would be benched. Like, his over-under on passing yards was extremely low, like in the 2000s. So we'll see, but Heineke, I think, had to be thinking, at least when okay. he signed here, you know, Him that there was a chance. Yeah. Most of the guys did it right. I would like to ask you guys a question, and this is going to actually make me sound like a, a massive hater. Um, so, Matt Ryan's uh, lowest passing yardage total as as a Falcon before that last season was four thousand yards. Would Ritter be able to get four thousand yards if he faced uh, a ten man defense all season? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think, uh, yes, yes, I think so. I think so. I want to know what position is, is lost. Are we losing an edge rusher here? Are we losing a <laughs> linebacker, a safety? Yeah, what, the, did we get to pick? Or, yeah. The defense gets to pick what position uh, get, gets lost. So m- maybe it's one fewer defensive tackle. Maybe it's, you, you know. Uh, Bichon's an offense, so he'll get there. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, it, it is what it is. But... Uh, I, I was just curious about, you know, because, you know, the, again, this, this sort of um, – and the, the sort of re, it's just sort of a re-emphasis of just how good Matt Ryan was while he was here. Like that yeah. man rolled out of bed and threw for four thousand yards, no matter who who was out there catching the ball for him. Yep, and he, he took did. Beating more times than yeah, he took. And and like the thing is, he never like threw anyone under the bus, which is like, you know, how how many of us, you know, and, and I don't think players really ever went after him. Like maybe we're reacting, but that Matt Collins thing's that. that Matt Collins has put out, did mention it in the post game press conference, and he said he wasn't even looking at Ritter, like he was yelling at somebody else, and the the broadcast uh, angle made it look worse than it was. Um, so that, ju- yeah, Justin Justin Felder just put out a clip of of Holland saying that wasn't what happened at all, um, and so he was actually su- surprised that people thought that because he was like, I didn't think I was looking at him. So um, that also that, he sort of yeah. has to say that he does, like, he does, but. Um, he also could have like, just been like, no say, comment, yeah, was, you know? Yeah. Like, Oh, no comment. I'm not, t- I'm not talking about that. So they're going to take a selfie together on Thursday. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. I mean, so, you know, we'll, we'll see, uh, what we'll see what, what comes of that. But as of now, Hollins is doing whatever he can to sort of tamp that down. Uh, so um, I will say though, like the other thing is it's week four and we knew like th- we knew this was a possibility that we would have to have this conversation about quarterback this year. Um, I will say it's a problem that it's only week four and we're have and we and this was a very Taylor Heineke heavy sort of episode and this was yeah. a very like you know what are we going to do in the future type like episode like I thought that maybe this could be a possibility of, of this happening but sometime around like mid-season but the fact that it's only been four games and this is already a very bad sign yeah this is, this a, is almost worst case scenario for Desmond Ritter like almost um, so, you know, it, it, it was within the range of outcomes. I think Adnan in particular was trying, no one's here is like rooting for Ritter to fail. And I, I think that's Absolutely where this not. show, like th- that's where this show I think is, is 
we like to be for the discerning fans, the, the people that want actual analysis. None of us are rooting against Desmond Ritter. You guys know I yeah. was pretty positive about Ritter coming into the season. Adnan was taking a little bit of a more pessimistic tack, but we're all in support of Ritter and hoping that he gets better. But like, I genuinely yeah. like my hope is that Desmond Ritter like turns it around and that he like turns into a franchise guy. I just don't think it's going to happen, but that's the best case. Scenario. What do I gain if Desmond Ritter, Ritter plays like <laughs> shit, like more like more like anxious, stressful Sundays? The better you get to that be Ritter right plays. on Twitter, Adnan, which seems to be all that a lot of people care about. Fuck so. about being right on Twitter. <laughs> Some <laughs> people really care about that. So, I would yeah. rather like Desmond Ritter play great and you know let us talk shit to other fan bases on Twitter and just like you know sort of enhance our mood throughout every like weekend and ev- and like every like Monday morning. Versus like Ritter plays like shit. I get to be right on Twitter, but like, what's what's my like reward? Like being like being angry on Sundays, watching my my football team lose on Sundays. Like, no, I'd much rather Ritter like go out there and play amazing. But it's just not happening, and we're not gonna like gloss over that, and we're not gonna be like, all right, well, he's the starting quarterback of of the franchise, so we have to like be all in, and we have to put our blinders up, and we have to be positive. If you want that, go on AtlantaFalcons.com. Like they do good work on, on Falcons.com, and you know they have a lot of exclusive interviews, exclusive pictures. Yeah. If do you want that, go because they're never going to say anything negative about any of the players because you know obviously that's that's the team like site. Like we want to be objective, and we want to give you like objective like objective takes, objective analysis, and that means yeah, like players will get criticized. The coaching staff will get criticized no matter how much the team doesn't like that, no matter how much the team would love for us to be like Falcons.com where we just be all positive all the time. Like we're not going to do that because that's, that just insults the intelligence of our viewers and the intelligence of our readers, because we know there's a problem and we're not going to sit here and be like, Oh yeah, no, everything's fine. Just like, you know, just shut up and fall into line. Like, we're, uh, I don't want to fucking shut up and fall into line. <laughs> no, no, that's not what we're going to do here. You guys know that you're going to get a variety of opinions. We're going to criticize, you know, uh, and look, it it is what it is. Like, it, it, we're not overly concerned with being right here, which is why, you know, and if you, if you want to go on Twitter and, you know, celebrate a player on your team's downfall, I mean, I guess that's up to you to do that i kind of feel like it's a little bit pathetic but you know if you want to do it and that that's how you get your jollies that's fine um i i i dislike that mindset but it doesn't that this is very different from criticizing if you criticize ritter there's nothing wrong with that that's football discourse that's what we're doing like that's what we're doing right now um do i look pissed off at adnan for him criticizing ritter like it's calling a guy a bust after eight games and saying, oh, well, we need to just bench him and, and he's a bum and all this. Like, it's just not fair to him. And, like, we still don't know what his story will be in the NFL. It After this week, it's 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 taken a turn for the worse. There's no doubt about that. The last two weeks have really hurt his prospects. Like I said, that that clock that's that's ticking on his ability to stay the the starting quarterback of this team, it it shot up. Uh, that Those hands shot towards midnight a lot in this one. And he's got to bounce back. And if he doesn't, then he won't be the starter for much longer. Taylor Heineke's here for a reason, you know, and, and we'll see. We'll see how that goes. But uh, at, at this point, the I still think it's unlikely that we see Taylor Heineke in meaningful games this year. 
but it's getting more likely by the week if Ritter continues playing like this. The, Ritter won't last more than like two or three more games at this level of play. If he's turning it over three times a game, it's not going to last. Um, so he's got to bounce back. And I'm pulling for the kid to do that. I mean, he's still a very we're young quarterback. And, we're and, all like everyone on this show, everyone at the Falcoholic is genuinely rooting for Desmond Ritter to succeed because that means that this team succeeds. That means that we succeed as a collective. Like a rising tide raises all ships. But yeah. if it's not happening, sometimes you just have to be like, all right, it's not happening. And, you know, yeah, we don't know if it is or isn't going to happen. But right now, right now, it doesn't look good. It's not looking good after this game, that's for sure. So, I mean, I don't blame anyone for taking a, a negative tack after these last two performances. So it's time to bounce back. It's time to put up or shut up. This is this is crunch time for Ritter. Like, he has to now prove that he can bounce back and improve. And he has to do it immediately because the clock is ticking. Uh, and how, like last year, I think there would have been a lot of patience, just like we saw for Mariota. The patience should have been for Ritter last year, getting him in there and letting him play. Now this year with all these expectations, if he doesn't start getting it together, it's going to get ugly quick because of how they've set this up. And I think they mismanaged it. I think they should have let Ritter play a lot more last year. I think pretty much we're all in agreement on that. It's too late to go back. Now he's got to take his lumps this year and he's going to have less of a leash uh, and he's going to have to figure it out. So we'll see. How that goes. Uh, <laughs> George Stanza says, let's do a, a giveaway for a custom Desmond Mitter jersey. Oh, my God. Give him number 65, oh, which is his Madden rating. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's our cutest sign off. That, that's our cutest sign off. It is an hour and 40 minutes. So uh, I appreciate everyone's uh, hanging out with us. Uh, and- also, also, like the show, like shout out to you guys. There were, you know, people who wanted the takes. There was, what, 450 at one point? Yeah, 280 yeah. of you guys. 290 like been here with us for an hour and 40 minutes yep just like blowing off some steam right now on a sunday afternoon so you know what else are we gonna do adnan you know we got to commiserate with each other that's the only thing that keeps us going so uh oh we got one more from george he says remember guys it could be worse we could be bears fans just never forget guys it could be worse now you're not wrong speaking of four thousand yard passers i don't think the bears have had a single one ever (laughs) Yeah, well, there you go. I mean, it's very true. So, guys, thank you all so much for hanging out with us. Yeah, yeah. I'm getting hoarse now. We've had so many takes in such a short period of time. So we're going to go ahead and end this one, guys. Like I said, like, subscribe. Really appreciate that. Leave us a five-star review on your podcast platform of choice. We'll be back. We'll have an early week episode with Jordan Watkins for more more trench talk. Should be a more positive trench talk episode this week. Uh, and then, of course, we'll be back on Wednesday night for our next Falcoholic Live episode. It's going to be hard to follow up that Todd McClure episode, but we're going oh, to do our McClure best. Was really good, man. Like, yeah, that was great. Definitely man, go check that out, guys, if, if you haven't listened to that one yeah. yet. That, that was a great episode. It was a great um, conversation. Yeah. It was like Todd McClure, like, it's it's great, like, seeing, you know, get, getting that perspective from someone off the field and, like, talk, especially, like, a, a Falcons living legend like Todd McClure. Like, he was, you know, he, he was every bit and more that, like, that what what we were hoping for, for from uh, from interviewing him in that episode, and you know he all he absolutely despite being from Louisiana, he fucking hates the Saints. Yeah, he does. I love it. I love it. Uh, he's he's a fun guy. So, guys, we were joined, of course, by Alan Sturk at Alan Sturk and Anon Ekich at Say Which Way. I'm Kevin Knight at Alcoholic Kevin. Thanks again. Today's show was brought to you by Bet Online, and thanks again two prize picks for sponsoring the show as well we will be back next week with more takes until then guys enjoy if you can the rest of this football sunday uh and we will see you guys next time here on the falcoholic live and dirty birds and brews until then folks
Have a great day. See ya. Yes. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.